Glad to see that you made the transition from MIC to our worship this morning at Orrington. It's okay if you actually went to MIC and were pointed here. There's no shame in that, as long as you ended up here. A lot of people were involved in pulling this day off, and I'm very thankful from the mover teams to the children's ministry, to those who set up. It's just a blessing. So thank you, thank you, thank you for those of you who helped pull this day off. Since we're in this special location for this week, we're going to kind of pause with what we normally do. We, we normally go through a book of the Bible. We're going through the book of 1 Samuel. But for today, I'm going to pause and I'm going to talk about transitions. I'm not thinking of temporary transitions like we're experiencing this morning, but more in terms of big life transitions. Most of you have experienced and you will experience big life transitions. It all started when you moved from the womb to the world. That was your first big transition. I'm not sure if you remember that. There was a a guy, uh, a couple in our church this past week uh, who had a baby. And while the woman was in labor, the guy texted me, hashtag transitions. So it was good that he was (laughs) thinking about this morning. So once you were born, you transitioned to go to elementary school, you transitioned to junior high, transitioned to high school, most of you transitioned to college, some of you to graduate school, and on and on and on. And many of you are graduating this, this June, you're trying to figure out what's the next transition. Some of you have transitioned from job to job, maybe even you've transitioned from career to career. And some of you have even transitioned to your retirement years. These transitions can often involve moving, as a a family in our church this past week transitioned and moved just on Friday, and they moved to Texas. Our relationships transition as well. Some of you are transitioning from being single to married. Some of you are having your first baby or several kids. Eventually, your kids, you hope, will go off uh, to college and transition out of the house, and you'll experience an an empty nest. And some of you have transitioned into being grandparents. Some of these transitions can be difficult. The transition from a lost job that's really sudden can be jarring. Maybe you've transitioned uh, from a divorce that's very brutal or a disruptive illness. The reality I'm getting at is there's going to be a lot of big transition that happen in your life until one day you hit that final transition of death. When you hit these transitions, there's a variety of emotions that go on. About 11 years ago, I transitioned from Los Angeles to Chicago, and I was, I was very excited about the new transition, as you know. That transitions can be exciting, but they also can produce a lot of anxiety. Uh, for those of you who are, are expecting maybe having your first kid, or you did, you can remember, man, uh, it's, it's, it's really uh, it's something that you anticipate. It's very promising, but it, it can be disruptive <laughs> once the transition finally gets here. There's a lot of emotions that, that can go on uh, in your transitions that can make you hopeful or hopeless. Sometimes a transition can bring great clarity or sometimes it can be very confusing. And I know that some of you have decisions to make, transitions coming up. Some of you are coming off a big transition. There's a variety of emotions and disappointments going on. 
in, in your life. What I'm trying to encourage you this morning as you're in this decision-making process is that as you transition, I'm going to encourage you to hold on to God who is holding on to you. To put it another way, I want to encourage you to rest in God's sovereign control. Trust Him. The future may seem bleak or you don't see it at all. Trust Him during this time of transition that He is in control and He does care and He still loves you and He knows what's up. So let's be encouraged from God's Word this morning as we talk about transitions from Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 16. I made it easy for you. I put it on the back of your bulletin if you want to look there. Proverbs 16. Some of you can look uh, at your version, or you can go old school and actually hold a Bible. From Proverbs chapter 16, we're going to look at the first three verses. Let me read them to you. The plans of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. All the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirit. Commit your work to the Lord, and your plans will be established. Let's keep it simple. Three easy points. They're in your bulletin. Number one, transition while trusting in the sovereignty of God. Number two, transition with an open heart before God. Number three, Transition knowing the results are up to God. Number one, transition while trusting in the sovereignty of God. Look at verse one. The plans of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. Your transition plans are under God's control. But just because I tell you that God is sovereign and in control doesn't mean that you don't make plans. The Bible is all for seeking wisdom and making decisions and actually planning out your life as best as you can under God's direction. It's okay to make plans. Make plans about where you're going to go to school. Try to make plans about about what you want to major in, what you want your career to be, what you want your next move to be. Try to make plans with what you want to do, with, with the, the abilities that God has given you. And what I want to encourage you in your planning is as you plan, you have to understand yourself. This can be challenging because a lot of times we don't know what our own gifts are, what our own abilities are, what our own callings are. We're not quite sure how God has wired us. And you may take a lifetime to figure that out. I have found this to be helpful. I shared this a few years back by a guy, a guy named Dave Kraft where he talks about something called comfort zone gift zone, danger zone. In your gift zone, you're like doing, let's say, a career or a job, or maybe you feel like you want to be a stay-at-home parent, and you're like, this is your gift zone. This is the way God has wired you. This is your talents and your abilities. And you are, and some of you are in your gift zone. You're nailing it. But the comfort zone is a place where you're just kind of chilling out. You're not pushing yourself. You're letting some of your gifts and your abilities kind of lay dormant. But, but you stay there because it's, it's comfortable. Now, 
this is, once again, this is the comfort zone, gift zones, where you want to be, but the danger zone, the danger zone happens when you overreach, when you overstretch, when you try to push beyond your abilities and gifts, and you're in a zone that is dangerous. And some of you may be there right now. You, you find yourself not just in over your, uh, over your head, but you're doing something, a major, a job, a career. You're like, I hate this. And I, not only do I hate it, but I'm terrible at it. It's a danger zone. Where would you say right now in your life, what zone are you in? Are you in that comfort zone you're not pushing yourself. You're not stretching yourself. It's just all about being comfortable. Or do you feel that you've stretched too far in your danger zone? You're here. You're damaging your family because you have no time for them. You're damaging your own health. You're damaging your coworkers, the business you work for because you, just, you have no skills in that area. Or perhaps you're in your gift zone. And perhaps a very difficult place to be is in your gift zone because if you're in your gift zone and you're firing, you're doing your thing, chances are if you're good at what you do, you may get another offer to do something else. Be careful. Because as you're in your gift zone and another offer comes your way that probably pays more, you've got to discern, is that going to push me out? into danger zone. So by God's grace, we want to fire in this gift zone. We want to make plans. We want to attempt to transition and make decisions that kind of stay in that gift zone. It's okay to make plans. The Bible says the plans of the heart belong to man. But look at the second part of the verse. But the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. That means that the answer the person gives with the tongue is from the Lord. That the idea there is that God's plan, regardless of your plans, will ultimately be the, the complete and final outcome. See, there's a lot of plans in this room right now. There's a lot of plans in the world, but only one plan will for sure, I can guarantee you, be carried out, and that's God's plan. I was talking to a guy this week, and he said, that when he was in undergrad school, he made a list of 25 to 30 grad schools he wanted to go to. And over time, he eventually ended up at Northwestern. And Northwestern was not on his list. And he is now our worship leader. Probably didn't plan that. Didn't fit the list. Certainly, being our worship leader wasn't even part of the scheme. But God's plan will ultimately prevail. But this is where it gets confusing. Because sometimes things can seem a little hazy and not, and not play out the way you want them to. I was talking to a woman and she told me that over the last 10 years of her life, she had gotten like one or two or three degrees, had one or two jobs, but what she was doing right now had nothing to do with the last decade of her life. And she was confused. She didn't know, like, what, what, what's God doing with me? Did I just waste the last decade because what I'm doing now has nothing to do with that? And I'm confused. 
And this is where you need encouragement if that's you. Like if you're in a spot right now where you have transitioned and it, it is, let's, let's be careful here, but it's borderline miserable and you kind of wish you didn't make that transition or that decision, it wasn't sinful, you just, you don't like that you did it. Know this, God is still not just sovereign. God is not just in control. But if you are a believer, he is working for your good and for his glory. He still, hear this, he still loves you. He's not abandoned you. And he's not forsaken you. He's still with you. And you need to know that, especially if you're about to make a transition or you're attempting to make a transition, because this is, this is the deal. I'm going I'm to kind of illustrate this for you. Uh, David Platt talked about this. He's a pastor. Uh, this. Most of us think that it is God's goal to get us from point A to point B as fast as he can do it among the quickest, easiest, smoothest route possible. I'm all for that. Anybody else? All right, God, I'm here at A. I need to go B. Let's go. Boom. I'm in B. Thank you. That was easy. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't work like that. This may disappoint you. That's not God's goal for your life. God's goal for your life is that as you make these decisions and plans and transitions in your life, his goal is that you would know him more deeply and that you would trust him more completely in our mind, in our heart. We say, just get me from here to there. And God's like, no, I want you to know me. I want you to trust me. I want you to cry out to me. Plan all you want. I am in control. Look to me. That's what he wants. So as we plan, as we transition, let's trust. Rest. And God's sovereign control, the one who wants to know you. Look at point two. Check it out. Look at two. Point two says transition with an open heart before God. Verse two. All the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirit. Most of us, most of you, believe that your plans and your transitions come from good motives, right? We are like this proverb who says, pure in his own eyes. Sometimes you can't see how your goals and your plans and your transition come from less than pure motives, You just can't see it. You, I mean, if you were honest, are, you, are your motives completely pure in your next transition, in your next, next plan? Like, yeah, I'm just, they are pure motives. Well, the Bible says, well, God knows. He searches the heart. He knows what your motives are. And what if you are not quite sure if your motives are pure or not? Maybe your motives are off. How can you tell? I believe that there is a good prayer in the Bible where we can see how the Lord weighs the spirit. Here's a good prayer to check your motives, and I dare you to pray it, especially if you're trying to make plans. It comes from Psalm 139, 23, and 24. Listen to this prayer. It goes like this. All right? Pray this. As you're trying to make plans and transitions, do this. Ready? Search me, O God, 
and know my heart. Test me, try me, and know my thoughts. And see if there is any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. That's a good prayer. As you're trying to make decisions and plans for the future, say, okay, God, test me, try me, know me. Are my motives pure? Am I doing this for foolish reasons? And I'm trying to make this move because I'm trying to escape a situation I don't want to be in. God, test me, try me, know me. Search my heart. Let me show you what this looks like. Let me show you what this looks like. I'm about to give you a picture of two ways of transitioning, and I want to make sure before I say this, these are morally neutral. I'm not making any moral comments on the next, on these two different ways of transitioning. I want to make sure that you say, Jason, don't talk bad about people because I'm not, all right? Here we go. My family, the Lancasters, we live two doors down from our executive pastor and his family, the Bechtels. And if you want to get really weird, he lives two or three doors down from our church administrator. So basically, almost our whole staff lives on one street. I know that's really strange, but that's just the way it goes. Over the years, my family, the Lancasters and the Bechtels, we have lived life together. And one of the characteristics that you will notice between the Lancasters and the Bechtels is that we transition differently. We just do. We have a lot of kids. They have a lot of kids. But we transition differently. Once again, morally neutral here. Uh, we both have minivans. And you can watch our transition if you observe this from our street. So this is the way my family transitions. We're all in the minivan. Pull up to our house. Now, our, my family's anticipating being at my house. They're waiting, looking at our house, waiting for me to put the car into park. And as soon as I do that, it's almost like, let's get out of here and trample the young ones. I mean, it's like a race to get out of the van as fast as you can. Lancasters. Now, the Bechtels transition completely different. They pull up to their house. Car goes in park. Ten minutes later, they're like, Oh, we're here. Who would like to get out first? No, after you. Totally complete ways of transitioning. We race, they chill out. Even, even Pastor John and I, when we drive together to certain events, he tells me every time before we go, Jason, when we're done, I have to get my stuff. So you're going to have to wait for me just a little bit before you transition. And I'm like, okay, okay, I got to wait. And so this different ways of transitioning. We like to ram it and rush life. They just take it more slowly, morally neutral. We're fine so far. But let me take it now to the idea of your transition and God searching your heart. And I think we're going to move out of what is morally neutral and say, okay, maybe your motives are not so good here. Because some of you need to slow down. You're trying to ram the next transition, the next phase of your life. You're trying to ram it through. Some of you, you need to speed up. Get on the accelerator, not the brakes. You need to hurry up and, and get some traction and, and move on with your life. 
And for those of you who are trying to ram life through, you, you know what I'm talking about. There, there are some of you who, who may find yourself, or you will in the future, you'll find yourself in a, in a difficult marriage, and you will think, I just want out of this. How can I transition out when you need to slow down and do the hard work of reconciliation? And maybe some of you are single, and, and, you, and, you're, and you're lonely. And you're like, I need to get married now. I've got to find someone now. I don't care who they are. Are you breathing? Marry me. I mean, it's like trying to get this thing going. Those of you in a difficult job or even a difficult major, you're like, I've got to transition out of this. And, but maybe you need to slow down and do that difficult work in your job and your career. And, and this, is a, this is a classic one. Some of you think that if you could just move if you could just move from where you live now to somewhere else, then you'll be happy. Now, I don't know if you want to write this down or what you want to do. I want to tell you this. If you're trying to make a move because you think you're going to be happy, the problem with that is that wherever you move to, you will still be there. Really? Yeah, you'll still be there. So you're having problems where you're at now. Move is not going to necessarily fix that because you'll still be there. Some of you need to slow down. Wait on the Lord. I know you're trying to transition. Say, God, search my heart. I'm trying to ram this through. Search my heart. But then there's others of you. You need someone to kick you. I volunteer. (laughs) You need to get going. You've got to do something. Some of you, I'm going to just tell you, tell you this. You don't need any more degrees. Six is enough, all right? You need to get a job. Maybe you just need to put in some applications and see what happens. You have to aim for, for something. And I know, I know some of you, you, you you're, you're putting off marriage. You're a Christian. You've been dating the same Christian the last 25 years. It's time to get married. And for those of you who are married and you're waiting to like, until you're 70 to pull off kids, there's not going to be any Abraham Sarah thing going on here. You need to get going. They're putting that off. I mean, there's some times where you've got to have some movement. You've got to get going. Some of you need a kick. It's because your motives are not right. Your motives for slowing down and, and doing nothing are not right. It really is, it's, it's, maybe it's just not trusting God. Maybe you're so fearful of the future, you just don't trust God. And so you do nothing. You need some movement. And that brings us to the last point. You see it there? Number three, transition, knowing the results are up to God. Some of you are not transitioning because you're afraid of failure. You don't know what's going to happen. and You're scared. Look at verse three. Commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. 
establishing plans is God's work of making all your planning come to fruition. And regardless of the results, God will determine what those results will be. And understand he's working for your good and for your glory. And I, I, I know it's scary making big life transition. Thoughts of failure and pain and loneliness can seem so real. Sometimes you wonder if the transition is going to destroy you. I, I get that. I understand that. But know that as you transition, God is still God. He's still in control. He's in charge of the results of your transition. You trust him not only in the process, but you trust him after you make the decisions that whatever's going to happen, it's up to him. All of us are going to make big life decisions. All of us are going to have big transitions. And one day, you're going to hit that final and last transition of death. And when you die, some of you will transition immediately into the presence of God to enjoy him forever. But some of you, when you die, you will transition to suffering and condemnation separated from God forever. That's just the reality. And how can you tell if your transition is going to go well or not so well? It's not about you being a, a good person, like, God, I'm a good person, and I'm ready for you to transition me into heaven. It's not about that, because you can't be good. Here's the reality. Jesus, Son of God, was in heaven. He transitioned down to this earth, and he took on flesh. And he lived a perfect life that you and I could not live. And he was put on the cross. And on that cross, he was bearing the wrath of God for your sin. And then he transitioned into death. And he is the only person ever, three days after being dead, to be raised. Now get this, to be raised to never die again. And he is now transitioned to the right hand of the Father. And the good news is... Anyone in here who wants to turn from their own way of figuring out life, their own way of doing life, their own way of being their own God, turn from their sin and put their faith in Jesus, the Lord who died in your place, you can be forgiven, transitioned into a new creation, filled with the Spirit of God, and one day when you die, you will transition to be with God forever. That reality can be yours through faith, where you can put your faith in Jesus, knowing that you are his now, and when you die, you'll transition to be with him forever. But we're not there yet, are we? We're not in heaven yet. We're not with the Lord physically yet. And until that ultimate transition, things can seem a little foggy in your big life transitions. And the biggest challenge that we have in common is I cannot see the future, you cannot see the future, but every time we're trying to make a decision, it is within our hearts of hearts that we wish that we could see the future, right? Don't you agree? It's like, oh, if I could just see how it's going to turn out, then I can make the right decision. It's like we all want to see our future in HD, 
we want a high definition where it's so clear. When you watch TV and HD, you're like, that, that is so clear. And that's the way we want to see our futures. We want to, to see them in clear HD. I want to I know, okay, where are the career transitions? Where are the relationship shifts? Where are the advancements? Where are the setbacks? How will this problem get worked out? I want to see how my years are going to go on into retirement. I want, to, I want to see it all of these transitions in HD. But it doesn't work like that. And let me tell you why it doesn't work like that. Because God is God, and you are not. He knows. He knows what's going to happen. You don't know. So rather than our transition being in HD, I'm going I'm to show you something that I showed you two or three years ago. Some of you were here. I'm going to bring that again. Our transitions are less like HD, see in the future, and it's more like a Polaroid. This is a Polaroid camera. Like, what is that? Do you even know what this is? Ask your grandparents. A Polaroid picture is not digital. You're, you, you know, digital on your phone. Like, take it and boom, it's there. It's clear. Like, I see it right away. Now, what happens with a Polaroid is you take a picture and the crazy thing happens. Something comes out here, like the picture. You don't believe me. I'm going to show you. All right? Hopefully this still works. So who wants their picture taken? Okay, I'll take your picture. All right, smile. All right? Now check this out. I'm going to show you this picture. This is going to be really cool. All right? Here's your picture. Isn't that pretty clear? Nothing. That is not a digital camera. It is nothing. You're like, that's the stupidest invention ever. <laughs> nothing happens. No, 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 no. Slow exposure. It's going to take some time to see what the picture is. That's your future right here. You don't know. It's not HD. Slow exposure. And my brothers and sisters, God set it up that way. He set it up that way so that each day you'll wake up and say, God, what are we doing today? What do you want me to do today? I want to hear your word, be led by your spirit, give me wisdom, give me discernment. And when you go to sleep, you do it over again the next day. And the next day, and the next day. And over time, it will become clear and clearer what God wants you to do. Now, from the first service, someone said, well, you know, if you just shake it, that makes it go faster. So maybe we need to shake God, make him speed up our lives. Let me know how that goes for you. God wants us to rest and to trust him because he's God and we're not, and we can rest in his sovereign control. Let's pray. Father, this is hard for all of us, all of us, including me, to trust you, that you know what you're doing in our presence, and you know what you're doing in the future.
Help us to rest in your control, that you're working for our good and for your glory. You've given us everything in Christ. You'll give us everything continually in Christ. For those of us who are anxious and worried about making decisions and fearful of failure, help us. And for those of us who are reaping the consequences of our past transitions, help us. Lord, please enable us to cling to you. And may we enjoy this relationship rather than trying to rush past this phase of life. May we enjoy being in your presence and hearing from you on a daily basis. In Jesus' name, amen.